The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to an hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Well, good morning, food lovers. Another delicious day in Southern California. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. If you like to dip your toes into the pool of locavore movements, if you love chefs and cookbook authors, bloggers, gourmands, and the culinary scene, then this show is for you. We are so glad you've joined us this Sunday and every Sunday in your radio for insightful commentary on everything delicious. Good morning to you, Lana. Good morning. We do have lots of scrumptious news for you when it comes to the world of food. Everything for food lovers, from recipes to menu planning. We're covering food news and restaurants and wine and travel, and we hope that you will make us your radio destination. We're keeping summer fresh, light and easy, by the way. And we've got lots of delicious inspiration at ChefJamie.com. A great hour of radio coming up as well. And we've been cooking all week some really delicious stuff off the grill, in fact. Um, We uh, sat down with a a newspaper writer, a food writer, in fact, and spent some time making jam this week. One of the things that I think Lana does absolutely extraordinarily and best in the kitchen. And we made a grilled fruit jam and we'll be releasing the recipe soon. But what do you do with that abundance of summer fruit? Well, you throw it on the grill. And if it isn't, uh, if there isn't any leftover, you've done a great job. But if you have a bounty of grilled peaches and plums... Well, then you make jam, right? I thought that jam turned out deliciously, Lana. Mm, It was wonderful. Yeah, really good. Grilled fruit jam recipe coming at you. That is the essence of summer and truly what we're all about. And like our farmer's markets, our kitchen at chefjamie.com has been overflowing with summer squash. So we thought we would kick off this show with a fresh take on summer squash. We happen to love the beauty of zucchini and crookneck squash, although patty pans are your favorite Mm, aren't they though and i have a childhood memory of patty pan squash the small little green and yellow Mm -hmm. ones that you would either saute with lots of good butter Mm -hmm. um, in a saute pan and then you've elevated since and now they often get roasted on a sheet pan in the oven Mm -hmm. right and what i think is wonderful about roasting the little patty pans the little babies from melissa's baby squash is that the water evaporates during the roasting process and the flavor compounds and you get a, a really intensely flavored squash that's just a just a bite like a mouthful which is so nice just but just very quickly at a high oven 400 degree oven yes and just simple olive oil salt and pepper Mm -hmm. But um, since zucchini peaks in the summer, uh, this is the time to use up the vibrant squash of the season. And if you didn't know, squash are actually packed with nutrients like B and C and beta carotene. And this is for you, Lana. They're an incredible source of potassium. 
second to bananas. So for those looking to boost their potassium level, uh, when you're heading out to the farmer's market today, um, please buy a bevy of squash. Mm. For the best texture and flavor, by the way, you always want to choose tender young squash. And those can be chosen specifically by their smooth skin. The more mature the squash, they have a textured skin. And just run your hand over and you'll feel it. Those tend to have tougher seeds and they can be a little bit bitter in flavor. So you'll see and know the very young squash just by their um, elegant, smooth skin. Now, once you get them home, what do you do with them? Or maybe you have an incredible green thumb and you've been growing them in the garden and they're abundant. Well, for starters, I love zucchini and yellow squash off the grill. And all you do is slice the zucchini uh, lengthwise into quarter-inch thick strips and you toss it with olive oil and I like a splash of balsamic vinegar. You could use your favorite freshly chopped herbs, salt and pepper, and then you throw the strips onto the grill. And you get that really nice char Mm. to complement the flavor of the squash. And it's a great side dish for any backyard barbecue. Now, if you should have any leftover, chop it up into small pieces and throw it into your best summer salad. And now you have a grilled zucchini summer salad that's really scrumptious, too. Oh, that's wonderful. You could also put them in your frittata. Oh, nice. Either grilled or raw. Lovely. You can also take a fresh approach to lasagna and you could use the grilled zucchini as a substitute for pasta sheets or you could add it to your signature lasagna recipe. Mm. You could always puree it after you've cooked it down and infused its flavor into broth with some corn off the grill as well and you'd get a summer grilled corn and grilled zucchini chowder. Oh, how nice. That's a good possibility. And I like when we make our curried squash soup. I do too. That's a nice compliment squash and curry powder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a really nice compliment. And it could be served hot or cold. Exactly. Exactly. And let's talk about pickling. The zucchini pickles are fabulous. Okay, let's. So let's say you want to put them up, right? Or as we say, put it up. You want to savor the beauty of zucchini season come fall when we're missing summer. We've actually posted a recipe at chefjamie.com for a simple zucchini pickle. And it's a take on the Momofuku recipe, um, which we happen to love because it's rice wine vinegar based. So it has that sort of fruity, tangy, subtly sweet flavor. And it's really simple to make a, a quick zucchini pickle, you can let them marinate for a minimum of 24 hours and serve them right away. And you can do them in sticks or, you know, stalks, mm-hmm. or you can or do rounds. them in coins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really is just a really easy process as long as you have mason jars in the house. And you could add all types of things such as Szechuan peppercorns, crushed red pepper flakes, right. uh, a couple of star anise. I like I like the flavor the of fennel in there too. Mm-hmm. And last time we put mustard seed. Oh, nice. And it was really nice, nice in fact. Um, I want to talk, if we could, about the warm weather salad that has become quite uh, famous at your house, Lana. Um, for those that have never attempted to eat a zucchini completely raw, it is a lovely change of pace. And if you slice it into thin ribbons using the mandolin, like very, very thin eighth of an inch ribbons that, you know, are loose and wiggly if you were to hold them up. Um, And you dress an entire platter with these zucchini ribbons. You can make a gorgeous warm weather salad from completely raw squash. Mm -hmm. But don't forget to lay uh, lay them out over each other so there's depth on the plate exactly and if you twist them they'll Mm -hmm. create some height and like you said for presentation wise it's really beautiful now once you have all this refreshing 
flavor and subtle crunch on the platter. Um, the zucchini and the yellow squash both work well. Um, you then season with salt and pepper. You squeeze really good quality lemon juice if you still have Meyer lemons on the tree all over and a good drizzle of good quality olive oil and then a handful of chopped mint or basil because we love mint and zucchini. Perfect oh, pairing, by the perfect. way. And then generous shavings of Parmesan cheese and you have a raw zucchini ribbon salad with the creaminess mm. of the and the, the saltiness of the Parmesan, the bright acidity of the lemon, the richness of the olive oil, salt, pepper, and the herbaceousness of an herb. And it is killer. Mm. It really is. Everyone goes crazy for it. If you put it out on a buffet, it's always the first one, first thing to go. It is, right? Yeah. And served with salmon on top. It's wonderful as well. Now, that's a healthy summer meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could always make ratatouille. Um, or if you want to use up the garden's bounty and bake for all your friends, we've posted a recipe for a chocolate zucchini bread on the website as well at chefjamie.com. One of the things I love about zucchini in sweet rather than savory is that it does have a very high water content. So when you grate it on a box grater, which is the traditional cut uh, or method for making a quick bread that has zucchini in it, is you increase the surface area of the zucchini. So when it bakes, it gives moisture and you get a very, very moist quick bread. And that's why I love chocolate Mm -hmm. zucchini bread or any zucchini bread for that matter. Um, During the week when we were talking squash, Lana, you brought up um, a zucchini pasta. And I didn't think that we should risk missing that conversation, Mm -hmm. too, Um, because what a great way to substitute for pasta, right? Oh, it tastes wonderful. It does. You know, mix with tomatoes, tomato and zucchini are great pairing. Right. So if you want to make what we call zucchini noodles, you take um, the mandolin again, or you could cut it by hand and you sort of spiralize it. Essentially, it cuts into very, very thin noodle like strands right and it's ultra light and it's lovely and it's vegetarian and you can completely talk yourself into the fact that you're skipping (laughs) pasta and um, we call it a zucchini noodle and it's a great substitute you could use it cold you could blanch Mm -hmm. it or even use it raw with like a peanut sauce in the style of an Asian noodle. Oh, that's lovely. Or you could serve it hot. I like it when you do the zucchini noodles with pesto, because I think that's a great compliment again. And and, uh, top it with some pine nuts. Nice. Toasted pine nuts. I love it. If you'd like to get closer to your squash, by the way, chefjamie.com, C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E.com. You'll find the recipe of the week posted there as well. It was a request, in fact, from a Facebook friend, and it's, I think, the most wonderful breakfast. Uh, It's a homemade granola that has everything from wheat germ to sesame seeds to sunflower seeds to hazelnuts. You could add in macadamia nuts um, or your favorite nut for that matter. And again, it's posted on the website. Some interesting new food news that has um, released just this week, in fact, from the Mayo Clinic. I thought it was um, really good information for those of us that love to cook and love to eat, but always uh, we talk about in moderation. I mean, I believe in chocolate cake, but sometimes just a few bites will do. Um, If you're concerned about high cholesterol, one of those health issues that I think um, so many people have 
have the unfortunate happenstance of having it sneak up on you. Um, most of the times there are no symptoms of high cholesterol, which means you have to have your cholesterol checked regularly by a doctor. And for those of us that love to eat, we need to keep up on it. Um, the good news is that the Mayo Clinic re- uh, released information this week that high cholesterol can often be reduced through regular exercise, but most importantly through um, specific foods in your diet. So the Mayo Clinic released info on five cholesterol-fighting foods. And as far as I'm concerned, if I could eat my way to better cholesterol, I'm all about that. Studies show that the oat fibers in oatmeal actually mix with cholesterol in your intestine and carry the cholesterol out of the body. So if you are not eating oatmeal for breakfast, get on it. That is what the Mayo Clinic says is the best cholesterol-fighting food that you can eat, oatmeal every morning. Salmon, we know, um, actually helps lower your blood pressure, other fish as well, um, because of its high levels of omega-3 fatty acids. And the Mayo Clinic is recommending um, salmon, mackerel, halibut, herring, trout, and sardines at least two times a week. Also, pinto beans, really rich in fiber and protein, but specifically pinto, are saying that uh, the Mayo Clinic, rather, is saying can lower your risk of coronary heart disease. So if you're a bean lover, please add pinto beans to your grocery list. Um, Fresh garlic, which I don't know if any of us will be eating the whole clove, but if you have a cholesterol issue, studies show that garlic can prevent the buildup of artery-clogging plaque, and they say two to four cloves of fresh garlic a day. Lana, have you had your garlic fill today? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and then macadamia nuts, which I think is so interesting. The fifth food released by the Mayo Clinic this week to actually assist in lowering your cholesterol. Uh, rich in polyunsaturated fats. Walnuts are high up there as well. But macadamia nuts, a small handful every day, they mm. say really do help. Um, you'll find posted at chefjamie.com as well the Cook with Lana recipe this week, which is always what everyone is uh, searching for quite sought after and I love this one especially because I got to eat them all week as you perfected the recipe <laughs> oh it's wonderful done with Harry Covert the very thin green beans right it's a spicy green bean mm-hmm. tempura by the way because everyone needs a little with some tempura paprika in and their life chili powder in it nice yeah really nice and I love the idea by the way that has two of my favorite ingredients it has beer and vodka yes <laughs> okay so I'm in just so you know it makes the batter I think that um, it would be a, a lovely compliment to a sweet summer pineapple punch. We posted a recipe from Nick Matone. He's the lead bartender at Gramercy Tavern in New York City, one of our favorite restaurants. And he makes a pineapple punch by steeping the fresh pineapple in apricot brandy, he says, for up to two weeks. And I never met a drunken pineapple that I didn't like. Ooh. Yes. And that is a great punch, by the way, almost like a pitcher drink where you can put out a great mm-hmm. big punch bowl and everyone serves themselves. So this is, uh, if you're looking for a great cocktail recipe for that, you know, last big barbecue of the summer or you're celebrating with friends and family, then this sweet summer pineapple punch is for you. So check it out and print it out so that you have it as well. Mm. And then uh, last but not least, 
We have an incredible lineup of guests coming up this hour, so you wouldn't dare touch your dial. She is the great Sherry Yard, the pastry chef for more than 20 years who stood at the helm of the pastry division of all of Wolfgang Puck's empire. You know her from the famed Spago restaurant. And here in Los Angeles, she is bringing back an old legacy, Helm's Bakery, in fact. And she sat down to dish with us, so stay tuned. You'll hear from her. Plus, the grilling guru, Stephen Raiklin, will teach us how to grill. Oh, and we posted a recipe for his grilled little neck clams with linguisa mm. on the website, which is absolutely awesome. What a recipe that is. Plus, we're going to talk more about sweets with the pastry chef of the Moza restaurant empire and the butterscotch budino oh. that is one recipe every great cook should have in their arsenal. And her caramel. Oh, uh, oh yeah. That is my favorite thing to me. Yeah, truly delicious. This is your destination for all things delicious, an easy way to get your quick fix of culinary entertainment. So stay tuned. There's more delicious conversation right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, don't go away. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. Here's a taste of the sweeter side. We love when Sherry Yard stops by. Truly one of the best bakers and pastry chefs in the country for so many years and a fine friend for that long, too. Sherry Yard is finally getting her own bakery. That's right. And we are going to talk it up as much as we possibly can until the new year rolls around. It's not just any old bakery at that, by the way. She is the longtime Spago pastry chef, of course, who at the helm for 19 years served as the executive pastry chef of the Wolfgang Puck Fine Dining Group. You saw her at the Oscars and in her pastry kitchen at Spago. Well, now she's teaming up with Sang Yoon, the gentleman who created a really brilliant burger and what has become much loved in Los Angeles as the father's office. And they together are reviving the L.A. classic Helms Bakery in the landmark complex in Culver City on Venice Boulevard in California. Her Oh My God cookies, that's right, they're OMG, and trust me, they are, are available in the interim as they take the 10,000 square foot space and make it an incredible sweet mecca. And mark her words, as I heard you quoted, Sherry, you are going to have the best cream puffs and donuts anywhere. And I believe you. We are so glad to have you back. And we are so excited for you, ladies and gentlemen, Sherry Yard. Hi, thank you hey, so honey. much for having me on again. <laughs> well, of course, of course. Okay, tell us. I mean, you know, please divulge the scoop, the inside, whatever you can share about this incredibly exciting new project. Well, I'm incredibly excited about it because it isn't about me. It's about the heritage of you know, baking in the United States. And so while I'm classically trained French and I'm, I'm happy to make milfoys and all different ghettos, but, you know, to me and to the city of Los Angeles, nothing was better than the Helms Bakery at the height of its time. Mm. 150 Helms and coaches around the city would pick up the cream puffs and the donuts and then deliver them. The logo was daily at your door. Mm. So they would drive out as far as Encino and down towards San Diego, and everyone knew their helmsman. He had a whistle, he blew. It was like the milkman. <laughs> and they had these long, beautiful wooden drawers that were just filled with sweets that were just baked or fresh-made breads and cakes. And what an amazing tradition. And the fact that it's been closed for 44 years, it's just such a sin. And I couldn't be more honored to, and nervous, I have to admit, to take over those memories. 
to bring it back to life a little bit. Yeah. I think you're very humble. I don't know anyone that could bring back the signature blue and yellow Helms Bakery trucks that so many longtime Angelinos definitely remember, 1931 to 1969, right? Yes, yes. But yes. you're updating it. You're adding your touch, of course. What is the sweets focus? I mean, are you bringing back some of the old-fashioned sweets, like from your Brooklyn cookbook, are the what I call like homesick memory desserts? Yeah, comfort food, huh? Yes. We are thinking of it this way. Sang and I sat down. Actually, the project is two years in the making. We were a little under the radar. We were secretly putting it together. And we oh, thought, you sneaky girl. Would, yeah, we had to <laughs> in our sweet secrets. But, you know, we thought about if the homes existed today, what would it be? You know, how would it, you know, transition? How would it evolve? And to mm-hmm. me, I think it would evolve in a way where we're going to bake everything on site. There isn't about delivering daily at your door. It's coming to my door daily. It's about coming to the home's property. And we've looked at it, this 10,000 square feet space, as you said, you know, it's just a little parcel on this grand campus. I mean, anyone who comes to the city of Los Angeles or lives here, it will be a destination space, you know, because we have so many other wonderful restaurants. Sang has Father's Office and Lakshan and Bucato is going to be opening on the same property here. And that's Evan Funky and he makes all his pastas by hand. So little by little, we're kind of cannibalizing the space to make it our destination for food. And so as we looked at that space, I said, you know what, how many donuts can any one person eat? How many cream puffs can any one person eat? And what do we really need, not only for as a destination, but for the local, for the neighbors? And we said, wow, you know, what about having a space where we just do everything under one roof? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my own jams and jellies. I'm going to roast my own coffee beans. We're going to have a rotisserie for all our food, you know, for all our uh, chicken. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. So if you're getting a donut, the jam might have been made the day before that morning. That's going to go into the donut. It almost feels to me like you're bringing a touch of the ferry building from San Francisco to the Mecca that is L.A. with the greatest talent that ever lived in each of these categories or genres. Yeah, I said it's kind of like a little incubator in each of these spaces. And it's just going to be made and baked and brought right to you. Mm -hmm. It's almost like an exhibition kitchen where you'll see if they're making a sandwich, the bread was just made in the back. And then we'll have, Chang will be smoking all the turkeys. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be so fresh. And I can't tell you how many restaurateurs look at, you know, and look at the plans and say, oh, who's going to be doing the roasting? Well, we will be. And they think that it's like seven different businesses under one roof, but it's all us. I love that hands-on approach, but that's very much you. I'll never forget, Sherry, I don't know how many years ago now, you're doing a demo uh, to which I followed in a parking lot at a big food festival. And do you remember making, you had raspberry powder and you were making meringues? Making meringues. Oh, and it was like 111 degrees out that day. And they, call, I, they call that uh, mash unit baking. That's right. And I just, I remember thinking to myself, you know, the executive pastry chef for all of this Wolfgang Puck empire is standing in the middle of a parking lot, hands on, whipping by hand egg whites from meringue. <laughs> I've always seen you like that, so I would expect nothing less when it comes to your baby, that this would be your project. And I don't think that Helms will ever have been better because of the progress that you're proving can be met and exceeded. And I think that's what excites me 
most. If you were to open today, let's say, Sherry, and by the way, for those of you that just tuned in, you're really late because she's Sherry Yard and she's here and they're bringing Helm's Bakery back and it is by time that Sherry Yard had her own bakery. If you were opening today, we're in the midst of summer. Yeah. What would you be baking if we had an excess of strawberries, your house, my house, or at Helm's? Oh my gosh. You know, here's the beauty of being here in Southern California. Farmer's market, farmer's market, farmer's market. Yes. Amazing food. Farmers, just, you know, to say that alone. Uh, we have, right now, we're kind of, we're right where the, you know, the center of the earth is when it comes to farming. You have your berries, your strawberries, your cherries, your, oh my God, your stone fruits all coming in. It's just absolutely amazing this time of year. So it's an abundance of riches, whether it's making our jams and jellies, whether it's taking that and using that as a filling strawberry shortcake pies it's just absolutely amazing you have an affinity for strawberry shortcake i know that because yes. you loved it as a kid but your mom made it with pound cake right I made it with pound cake. yeah well you know we all do what we got to do and truth be known the the day old pound cake it was oh. never fresh pound cake we and couldn't afford that that was what the shortcake <laughs> got but what i love is that you took uh a combination of ingredients to improve the recipe, including creme fraiche, heavy cream, and white chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That all combine to make this what is really a, a decadent strawberry and short a strawberry shortcake rather. Well I think you know it's strawberries have when I shop for fruit, first of all, I always look for high acid because this, this it will offset the sweet in a cake and there's only a certain amount that you could fudge, if you will, by taking out from a recipe on a baked product because the science just it won't work. So you'll have a flat cake or a cake that tastes flat. Uh, so the answer is, and then complementing it with other, other ingredients like crumb fresh, which has a beautiful tart flavor. Mm. Yeah, I love that combination. I still make, and in fact, you know, Lana makes really incredible curd. But my go-to recipe is for lemon curd, and always during the summer, there's something bright and refreshing about it from The Secrets of Baking, one of your first cookbooks, right? Yes. Yes, I love that recipe. You can switch that out and make it lime as well, especially this type of time of season with nice. the blackberries being in season. Oh, lovely. We get bare limes here mm. in SoCal. And yes. I'm sure there's tons of limes all over the country. Right. And to me, nothing's better with a blackberry or a blueberry than lime. Okay, so tell us, speaking now you've made me hungry, of dessert. In the interim, before you open Helms, come January 2014, for those that couldn't live without you, some of your sweets are available at Father's office in Culver City at the Helms Bakery site. And everybody is talking about this OMG cookie. Are they really? Good. Everybody. Well, we call it a teaser. It's just a little introduction for what is to come. And we're excited about that. And it's a chocolate and almond cookie. It's initially called the Rookie Cookie. It was <laughs> because it was the newest one on the repertoire. And we went to an event in Pebble Beach. We made a thousand of them. And every my Brooklyn's going to come out, freaking person who put one in their <laughs> mouth. We watched them as they put it in their mouth. They start to walk away, and they stop dead in their tracks, and they turn and said, oh, my God. And so there became the name, and that was probably about six or seven years ago. Now there's a big trend of OMG. Well-deserved. You set the bar high, sure. Thank you really you. did. We are very excited to see um, your next big move, and we're so excited that it's yours and that you're calling it 
your own with such great pride. Well, you'll be there. Open we'll be there. there. I, we promise, <laughs> Lana and I will be there. No doubt. I'm worried. Is anyone going to show up? Oh, we're going to. No, we'll stand in line every day and we'll wear something different. And we promise. Yeah, trust me, there's going to be a line out the door. You should schedule your visit now. Sherry Yard has certainly planned an incredible bakery opening and no doubt the best baker in the country. And we're really excited for her. Helms Bakery reopening come January of next year, but lots more to come. Will you come back in the fall, Sherry, and enlighten us to um, some, you know, fall and winter desserts and give us a status? update? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm so excited. We, would, we would love to have you. Yes. In the interim, where can we find you online? Oh, goodness. We're kind of keeping it low right now. <gasps> we do have a Helms bakery, well, a Helms uh, website, so folks yes. can go and look at the Helms website. Good. Uh, and you can see the entire property there. Um, and, and until then, come by the Father's Office. Also on Thursday through Sunday, we do have the, uh, the coach outside where we have ice cream pops and the OMT cookie. Uh, but the website is helmsbakerydistrict.com. Say it again, please. Helmsbakerydistrict.com. Helmsbakerydistrict.com. There are more incredible sweets to come from Sherry Yard. We know you want a bite. Always a pleasure, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you for the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. As the delicious conversation continues, we might just make you hungry once again. Please stay tuned. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. This is Grilling Central and the grilling guru is back. He is America's master griller, having won James Beard and IACP awards for everything brilliantly barbecue. He has more awards than anyone on the planet. The truth is that Stephen Reichlin is the king of the grill, and he's sharing more barbecue info than ever before with the launch of his new, redesigned, and radically incredible improved website. Grilling expert Stephen Reichlin is offering techniques that you need to know for perfect grilling this summer, and he joins us once again live, and we're delighted. Good to have you back, Stephen. Thank you. Good to have you, too. Well, thank you. Okay, talk to us. We're in, you know, the throes of summer, and we want to know what is on your grill right now. Right now, we are smoking some eggs to make a smoked egg and caramelized salad. You're talking to me on Martha's Vineyard, where I spend my summers. So uh, our uh, menu will have a decidedly New England cast, heavy seafood. We're going to start with Smoke-roasted oysters from Katama Bay, followed by oh. grilled clams. I will dig myself and uh, grill with Portuguese sausage. Main course, grilled lobsters and cilantro butter-basted grilled corn. Mm. And for dessert, a smoke-roasted blueberry crisp. Okay, I never wanted to come to anybody's mm. house more than I want to yeah, come to yours. We'll be right there. Talk to us about all this beautiful shellfish on the grill, because there's an incredible recipe I've already printed from barbecuebible.com for your grilled little neck clams with linguiça. The yeah, Portuguese uh, sausage that was brought to Martha's Vineyard by the Portuguese... Portuguese seafarers. Right. right. I love the history of it, but the flavor profile, incredible. Well, you know, it's kind of two salties. It's marine salt and land salt, and they're just such great flavors on a hot summer day. As far as grilling clams, mussels, adding some smoke on the grill, would you share some tips? One thing is whenever you want to grill clams or mussels or oysters, a good tool to have is a shellfish rack. 
And I actually happen to manufacture one myself, but many companies make them. And what they do is they hold the shells steady so that you don't lose the juices. Because, in effect, what you do when you grill a clam or an oyster is you're poaching it in its juices on the grill. Now, you add a handful of hickory chips to the, uh, to the coals, and all of a sudden you've added a smoky dimension, which mm. is really incredible. What kind of wood are you using this summer, Stephen? Because I learned to smoke because of you, and the ability to impart that unique flavor profile from different woods, whether it be the softer woods like pecan that you've taught us about or the harder woods like mesquite. Yep. What is the trend this summer for really good smoked flavor? People are using a lot of fruit woods this summer. As I've traveled around the country, you know, I've seen a lot of apple and cherry being used. Up here in New England, I use a lot of maple, which is not something you tend to see out of New England, but it's got a very light, fine, elegant smoke. Last week I was out in the Pacific Northwest, and of course there they use alder, which is a mm. wonderful smoke for seafood. I mean, alder smoked salmon doesn't get much better than that. Oh, oh. it doesn't. That is my favorite. Alderwood smoked salmon is that, that, Alder is memorable. Lana's flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. About the only wood I probably wouldn't use for fish or shellfish is mesquite. Because, you know, mesquite is a fairly strong flavor. Yes. And it probably would have a tendency to overpower the seafood. And it tends to permeate really very seriously. Mm -hmm. Although, if we were making your hill country brisket with a Coca-Cola barbecue sauce. (laughs) I was going to say. Don't be afraid to mix woods. Like, I like to do about a quarter mesquite and about a half oak and then a quarter apple. And whoops, I just gave you the proprietary formula for my beef smoking chip blend that we sell under the best of barbecue brand. What is the spice of barbecue? And just like you might mix coriander and cumin and chili powder, so you can mix oak and mesquite and apple and come up with some very interesting flavors. I love the idea of mixing woods, and we thank you for sharing proprietary secrets. Thank you. We won't tell anybody, Stephen, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of listeners to your radio. As many as we can find. He's here, Stephen Reichlin, and if you've just tuned in, you're late. His website, barbecuebible.com, is better than ever. Uh, There are more irresistible grilling and smoking recipes than you've ever seen, and it is really the hub of all things grilled great on the web and i love to up and smoke Stephen. I-, I love receiving your newsletter because oh, thank you. it makes me salivate early in the morning <laughs> and inspires me to fire up the grill early in the afternoon oh well thank you i appreciate that and i'll tell the people that work on it uh, mm. the fun thing about having a website is i love writing books because they're very focused but it's fun to have a website because you know you can jump from one day you can be reviewing Michael Pollan's new book, Cooked, on his, you know, the anthropology and history of barbecue, and the next day you can be writing about an incredible, the best place in Texas to get brisket, and the next day you can be writing about a piece of equipment, you know, a technique. On the website right now, front and center, we've got a pulled pork shoulder. You know, it can be cooked ahead, and it's such a forgiving piece of meat, and it's impressive as all hell. We should never forget that we eat with our eyes as well as our palate. Mm-hmm. And that wow power is a very important part of barbecue. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that you've brought to barbecue, too, is an elevated level of presentation Thank standing you. out by the grill. Uh, Stephen, I must ask you, what type of wood are you using to smoke those eggs you mentioned? Oh, and do talk about, wait, how to smoke eggs, please. Well, okay, I was waiting for that, guys. <laughs> I just sort of 
threw that out there. Uh, so this is a technique, actually, I picked up in Israel. And what we are using here today is we're using cherry wood. And what you do is you hard-boil eggs, but you cook them a little bit softer than you normally would, kind of about 8 minutes instead of 11 minutes. And then it's a cold smoke for uh, about a half an hour or 45 minutes. You'll see the eggs take one kind of a darkish color. And if you've never had a smoked egg salad, well, let me mm. tell you, you are in for a Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Oh, wow. breakfast on the grill at Stephen Reichland's house. Oh. I'm in. <laughs> I, I do love that you share the wealth as well, Stephen, and you've always been one to really bring great ideas along with your followers. And well, you. one of the wonderful recipes I was really inspired by was a salt brick grilled chicken that yeah. I found at barbecuebible.com. Yeah. I had recently put together and worked on a recipe to post on my site for a Tuscan brick chicken. But uh -huh. I think it is genius to substitute a traditional brick with a salt brick. Well, I wish I could say that I invented that myself, but actually it came from a uh, book called Salt Block Cooking by Mark Bitterman of uh, Portland, Oregon, who owns the Meadow Store. And Mark is one of those guys, I mean, if Americans are eating more and more exotic salt than ever, Mark is largely responsible. And, you know, that's, that was a review we did on a, a blog last week. That's really, that's the wealth of information that we are so grateful that you share. Everything yeah. from the issues that matter to food lovers to the best barbecue news, tips, techniques, all of the grilling accessories you need directly from Stephen Reichlin's collection, along with information on how to grill, how grills work, and why, the best barbecue joints, the must-read books, although... I hold how to grill very close to my heart when I'm by the backyard barbecue, Stephen. Well, thank you very much. Yes, I of course. That. Oh, and I love the grill cam. Yes, I, we know you I, I like do. To, I like to watch. <laughs> That's kind of fun, isn't it? The Great best fun. barbecue on the planet comes from Stephen Reichlin, and you can find his books, his accessories, and the brand new Cutting Edge website at barbecuebible.com. Don't miss it. Thank you for making our summer that much more delicious, Stephen. We look forward to having you back on the radio again oh, soon. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you both. A pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. As the delicious conversation continues... Our goal is to satiate your appetite. So fire up the grill. There's more right after this. Don't go away. Our goal is to satiate your appetite every Sunday in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana. We are delighted for the first time to welcome this James Beard Award nominee whose desserts we love to eat and whose talent we love to watch. She is Dahlia Narvaez, and she is the executive pastry chef of the Moza Group. Of course you know it. In Southern California, there are Moza restaurants with lines out the door and reservations galore. A Moza Osteria, of course, as well, and all the wonderful goodness of Nancy Silverton and her team who make incredibly delicious dishes. In fact, the best new restaurant by the Michelin Star nomination and the James Beard Foundation was Osteria Moza, and at the helm 
for all of delicious sweets is pastry chef Dahlia, who joins us live. We're delighted to have you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Okay, talk up some sweets with us, Dahlia, because I think that your butterscotch budino is probably one of my top 10 most delectable desserts I've ever eaten. And did I say ever? Ever. (laughs) Thanks. I kind of took over for a little bit. It was like on other people's menus and <laughs> people interpreted it. Then there was a YouTube video of people like enjoying it at the table. And it's kind of been a whirlwind. I owe a lot to that little Budino, actually. Yes, that little Budino has has brought you and has come a long way, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and it's brought, I think, a tremendous amount of notoriety to your sweets at the restaurants. You've actually shared the recipe. The butterscotch Budino is printed in the... Moza cookbook, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And it's been shared on the internet, and we actually have it featured at chefjamie.com. So everyone's running there now. Any secrets, if you would, though, because I've made it, and I think the greatest thing to master is that smooth, absolutely beautiful, velvety texture. What a lot of people have trouble with is actually cooking the sugar, the initial step. And I think people don't take it too far. And when we say you're going to burn the sugar, if you're windows aren't open and there isn't smoke going out and the smoke alarm isn't going off, then you haven't cooked it long enough. And and that's the real secret. That's where you get the color and the richness and the smokiness from the caramel. It's really a very deep, buttery caramel. Oh, yeah. And we use a lot of real butter and a lot of real uh, scotch. Yeah, and by the way, I really like that about you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I really do. (laughs) We're sharing the recipe once again so that you can master that caramel and the butterscotch budino. But tell us, as we certainly welcome the heat of summer, what new desserts are inspiring you? What's new on your menu that you're loving making? Well, right now, I'm really proud of the sorbettos that we're making here at the restaurant. We're really venturing out of our comfort zone, and we're working with different fruits that we've never really tried before. We have this really amazing pineapple coconut sorbetto and a kiwi sorbetto. And I've tried so many years to make like a really good corn gelato. And I think I think I have a really good way of getting there. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Let me lift Lana up (laughs) off the floor from her chair. Back to your chair. Corn. Corn and ice cream together has to be, if you put corn in ravioli, agnolotti, chowder, a cast iron skillet, we'll eat it. Oh, I know. And it takes on so many great, you know, it's it's sweet. It can be really sweet. So I've been trying so hard. So I think I'm going to get it this year. So I'm really excited about it. What can we expect to go along with it? When I think about that, I just turn to the farmer's market. You know, I love the combination of crunchy corn or polenta with Mm -hmm. like things like blueberries or peaches, you know, like things that grow together. You know, you think of middle America, you know, and the farms and stuff and those those kind of crops that grow together. So uh, that's what I would pair with it. Oh, I think the flavor sounds fabulous. Yeah. I want to go back to the sorbetto for a moment. Is okay. that your Italian version of a sorbet? Is it fruit-based or does it have the creamy essence of gelato? Well, it does have the creamy essence of gelato, but they are um, fruit-based. So they're so it's a cross gelato. between yeah. both. Well, what we're achieving with the sorbetto is the texture of the gelato, but without mm. any dairy or any kind of product like that. So it's fruit, a little water, and a little sugar, and that's it. Wow, and really in the process of making that sorbet, you create that luxurious texture. Yeah, 
Oh, I can't wait to taste Mm. them. What is your go-to dessert recipe? Like if you're entertaining at home, Dahlia, Uh or inspire all of us, uh, you know, the home cooks who are listening across the country, those budding chefs, the connoisseurs, Uh and and even those that might be just starting out. What is the best wow recipe for home bakers, let's say? Well, I don't really bake at home, but I love a good chocolate pudding. Okay. Um, And nothing really beats like a really rich, delicious chocolate pudding. Do you have a chocolate of choice? Yeah, I I actually really love using this chocolate that we're using called Cordillera. It's a Colombian chocolate. Interesting. And the flavor profile? It's really rich and it has a little fruitiness to it, so I like that a lot. Oh, how nice. Mm. Where do you like to eat in L.A.? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, yeah, when wow. you're not ba- when you're not baking or making sumptuous sweets, where will we find you? Well, the thing about LA, there's just so many choices, you know, and so many different cultures making such great food. So, I mean, I, I like to eat out at like Thai places. I love Korean food. I love you know Chinese food in San Gabriel, you know, and I love really good Mexican food. So, I mean, I think you know there's just so much across the board. That's what I love about LA. It really is the diversity that that is truly wonderful. Leave us with this, Dahlia. We know that we're going to see you upcoming, and we're delighted, in fact. Uh, Dahlia is one of the featured chefs at the Evening on the Beach event to benefit St. Vincent Meals on Wheels. You heard us mention it before. If you're SoCal-based or you're visiting Southern California, this is summer's premier food and wine experience, and we know that we're going to see you there. I wonder if you're bringing cannolis. Uh. I know. That's another one of those famous desserts you will always be equated with. Yeah. I wonder if you'd give us some suggestions to making the best cannolis at home, because I have to tell you, you make a darn incredible one. Oh, thanks. Well, I think you have to start with a really good cannoli dough recipe, and, you know, it's it's a little, you know, they're very simple. If you're not adding red wine to your dough, I don't think you're making it right, so you have to make sure the recipe contains red wine. And use really good ingredients. That ricotta filling really starts with really good ricotta. So those are probably the best secrets. And those are great secrets. Thank you. What are you making at an evening on the beach? What can we expect to finish our night off sweetly with? Oh, I'm making a strawberry copetta. So I'm, it's a little strawberry sundae with some strawberry gelato and a little fresh strawberries. So, and a little saba. That's my little Italian influence uh, there yeah. and for those that don't know saba it's a, a reduction of wine must correct and it has this beautiful almost balsamic vinegar mm-hmm. profile to it exactly. and it's a great compliment to strawberries that's delicious summer inspiration right there yeah i yeah. love it thank, thank you. you thank you for sharing your passion and your pastry expertise we look forward to experiencing more delicious sweets from the moza group and we'll look forward to seeing you at an evening on the beach well thank you for having me I love having a culinary playground every Sunday, and we hope that we made you hungry enough to lick your radio. What to eat? You can always send me a tweet at Chef Jamie Gwen, or if you want to know how to cook it, you can Facebook it. We hope that you'll join us at the table next Sunday for more delicious conversation, and we'll leave you with this, our last bite. We've been sharing two-ingredient cocktails that anyone can make and perfect for cooling down this summer, what I call bourbon and peach tea. Seeing that bourbon is all the rage take a shot or two of bourbon and splash it with your favorite bottled iced tea preferably peach flavor garnish with a lemon wedge and you have the 
perfect bourbon and tea to cool off with. Join us next Sunday, please, for more scintillating and scrumptious, sensational conversation. You'll hear about the new fad. It's a diet that's all about eating well and living well, and it is uh, the paleo style, so stay tuned for that. Plus, we're dishing because it's National Hot Dog Month with the most famous family of hot dogs, the Pink's family, live from Hollywood, will be sharing their incredible, legendary story and some perfect wine pairings for hot dogs. I know you thought you'd sit down with a cold brewski, but the truth is there are some really lovely wines that will go with your next dog on a bun. So do tune in. Everything for Onophiles, wine lovers, of course, and food lovers is here. And we're always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. So check it out. You'll find more delicious inspiration online again chef jamie c-h-e-f-j-a-m-i-e dot com on behalf of lana i'm chef jamie gwen and there wouldn't be a sunday that i would miss without being right here in your radio we thank you for listening and we're signing off i'm chef jamie gwen and i hope you continue to eat well